Good morning and welcome to our Phelps Health Ask a Professional show. I'm your host Paige Heidman and I have my co-host with me Kayla Marsala. Good morning everyone. Yeah glad to be here. It's it's nice. It hasn't started raining yet. So today we have Tiffany Henry, a Phelps Health Comprehensive Breast Center Coordinator back on our program. Good morning. Yeah we're excited to have you. We usually don't get the opportunity and luxury of having you until October so thanks for coming early. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Tiffany go ahead and give us a lowdown on what you do at Phelps Health. This little kind of be a great segue into what our topic is today. So I am the uh, breast center coordinator. So I'm a nurse. I, I work in the breast center with the radiologist and the technologist to make sure that everything's running smoothly and that patients get the care that they need. Um, so that's, that's the long and the short of it. The long and the short of it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the easy synopsis there. So that kind of brings us to what we're going to be talking about today, which is breast cancer and the importance of being screened. So Tiffany, first, what is breast cancer? So breast cancer is the um, division, a rapid division of cells, an abnormal uh, cell growth that um, causes um, death and cell division and can cause some issues, basically. Okay, so do you know... um, How many women will get breast cancer in their lifetime? So breast cancer is one of the most frequently diagnosed cancers in women. So about one in eight women or 13% will develop breast cancer in their lifetime. And um, it's estimated about uh, 30% of newly diagnosed cancers in women will be breast cancer. Wow. So um, what are the different types of breast cancer? Could you kind of explain the different stages? So there's, there's a lot of different types of breast cancer. Your most common ones are going to be your ductal um, cancers. And so those are going to be divided into um, ones that have remained within the duct. Mm -hmm. So your um, non-invasive cancers, your very easy to treat cancers, or those that have evaded outside of the duct. And those are, those have a little um, more difficulty with treatment. Not necessarily difficulty, it's just going to be a little more extensive treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, Other types are lobular carcinoma, so those are in the lobules instead of the ducts, so the lobules are the milk producing. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, the lobules (laughs) are the milk producers, the Mm -hmm. ducts take the milk to the the nipples, Um, and so those originate in the lobules, they're a little more difficult to identify. and uh, there's also inflammatory breast cancer. So I think when a lot of people think of breast cancer symptoms, this mm-hmm. is what they think of, like the, the very red inflamed breast, the, the mm-hmm. pot orange skin, which is like dimpling, um, and just kind of sometimes overall inflammation in the breast. But it's actually um, a lot less common type of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Paget's disease, which a lot of people don't know about, it can... It's like just involvement of the nipple. It's, it can be like some crusting of the nipple or kind of a, a lesion. Um, and there's there's other types, but those are the, the main, mm-hmm. main ones that you kind of hear about. So whenever we talk about all these different types of breast cancer, what are some of those risk factors that somebody might have um, for developing breast cancer? So your number one risk factor is going to be that you're a woman. So... Um, so uh, gender, um, about um, only about one percent of males develop mm-hmm. breast cancer, but it still it still can happen. So men, if they feel lumps, should come in and have evaluations too. Um, genetics, so having a genetic mutation. Uh, some of your most common ones are going to be like BRCA one, BRCA two. There's like a check two mutation. There are many many different mm-hmm. mutations that you can have. Um, age, as we age and get older you're more likely to develop breast cancer. Um, and then family history is is another risk factor. However, um, 
one thing that we do commonly hear is, I don't have any family history, mm -hmm. so I don't need to come in and get my mammogram. But I'd like to dispel that <coughs> because about 80% of women who are diagnosed with breast cancer have no family history. So you should still come in and get that, that mammogram. Now for women who don't have a familial history of breast cancer, at what age should they start going in to get screened? Should they be doing screenings yearly for their annual wellness exam? Yeah, yearly at age 40 is typically what we recommend for, for your normal risk woman. Um, if you're higher risk for breast cancer, so you have a, a first degree family relative, a mother, sister, daughter, father, brother, um, they typically recommend screening 10 years before your relative was diagnosed. So say your mom was diagnosed at age 40. Mm -hmm. You would start at age 30, but not before age 25 because your tissue is so dense. Um, it's very difficult to identify anything. So we would just do problem solving there. If you're feeling a lump at age 25, mm -hmm. you would come in for an ultrasound or something like yeah, that. Yeah, make sure you're talking with your primary care provider about that. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you have a primary care so <laughs> yes, you have an established history. Yes, that is very history. important, mm -hmm. especially with breast cancer screening because it's it's really nice to have that primary care provider that can, can order those screening mammograms for you, mm -hmm. follow up with those test results, and then if you need to have the additional imaging, you're not scrambling trying to find a provider that can order that for you and mm -hmm. manage that. So a primary care provider is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it becomes very seamless once you yes, have one. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would agree uh, with that. I do have another question. You had kind of mentioned genetics in BRCA gene 1 and 2. Is that something that Phelps Health can test for? Absolutely. Um, your primary care providers can do that. Um, OBGYNs are very good mm -hmm. um, to order that kind of testing or we do have a genetic counselor that comes once a month and you can make an appointment with her and she can review things um, she can go over it's, it's actually a very detailed appointment they will mm -hmm. um, go over all your family history and make recommendations based on that mm -hmm. and, that's and fantastic yeah she's fantastic so before you would kind of touch on a little bit of what the symptoms of breast cancer can be can you tell us like some more symptoms that could be associated with breast cancer? So I think uh, most commonly women come in reporting a lump that they felt, which isn't ideal. We want everybody to be coming in having their screening mammogram yearly mm -hmm. so we can detect those small changes. But if you are feeling a lump, um, that's definitely something that you should be coming in and getting checked out. Um, as I mentioned, swelling, redness of the skin, dimpling of the skin, a change in your breast size, so one breast suddenly becomes larger, it, breast asymmetry, so your breast being two different sizes is mm -hmm. actually fairly common. That mm -hmm. is a fairly common, but if all of a sudden one of your breasts has gotten quite a bit larger than the other mm -hmm. and it's noticeable to you, that is something that you need to report. Um, so itchy, scaly, sore around your nipple, that's that Paget's disease that we're talking about. That can be a, a consideration there. Um, nipple discharge um, that starts suddenly and you're having spontaneous nipple discharge, that's something mm -hmm. that you should report. Uh, new pain in one spot and um, like retraction of your um, nipple. So if your nipple is normally, you know, out. <laughs> I'm trying. It's kind of like a belly button in your out. <laughs> so if your nipple is normally out and it starts pulling in, that is that is something mm -hmm. that you want to be on the lookout for too. So a question that I have hearing about this, I also want to talk about something else that I think is kind of interesting, um, menstruation. So sometimes menstruation symptoms are very similar to some of the yeah. symptoms that you're describing. So how do we differentiate between the two and know, okay, this is something that is not normal during my menstruation, 
So doing, having a good breast self-awareness, doing those um, mm-hmm. self-breast exams, which they, the, the Cancer Society mm-hmm. and a lot of places don't necessarily recommend the stringent breast exam anymore. They recommend mm-hmm. just having good breast self-awareness. Do I normally have a lump here during my menstruation? Is, mm-hmm. is this change coming and going? Am I having pain during my hormonal cycles? And having those conversations with your primary care provider mm-hmm. or your OBGYN to determine whether this is something that needs to be evaluated or not is, is very important. Yeah, I think that's great advice because for a lot of women, they may have experienced some of these symptoms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not always a cause for concern. It's just become familiar with your body. Become familiar with your body and report the Things that are not normal for you. Mm-hmm. So Tiffany, when it is time um, when you reach that age or if you find some concerning symptom that would need you to have a mammogram, can you kind of explain to us what a mammogram is and what someone can expect? So a mammogram is an x-ray that's specialized to take um, pictures of your breast. So the machine is, is very specialized for that. So it's a low-dose x-ray since it's a screening exam and we do it yearly. We don't want to have a lot of radiation exposure. That is something that a lot of women are concerned about. And so mammograms are FDA regulated to have low-dose radiation. So it is very safe and very um, is the most effective way to detect breast cancer at this time. Um, so we take the pictures, there's multiple views, normally about four pictures, each breast that the radiologist reviews. And, um, if we're doing tomosynthesis or 3D, um, there are, we take multiple projections. So it does a complete sweep across your breast and it, um, gives us kind of like a, I call, I kind of reference it as a book. You can flip through the the pictures Mm -hmm. of your mammogram and it gives us a 3D, kind of a 3D synthesized image of your breast tissue that we're able to detect small abnormalities through. So that's very good for women with, 3D is very good for women with dense breasts. But, um, so the exam itself takes about 15 minutes. There is compression involved Mm -hmm. and that is probably the most common thing that women complain Mm -hmm. about is, is that the, the compression is uncomfortable. Um, so it's unfortunate, but the compression is very, very important. Um, as far as a mammogram, it helps hold the tissue still. So mm-hmm. our radiologists get a good, clear picture of your breasts and can detect those abnormalities. So you say uncomfortable. Let's define that because <clears throat> there are women that come in and get this every day, right? So while it is uncomfortable, it's still very manageable. Manageable, yes. And most women, I'll tell you, most women don't have too mm-hmm. much, um, you know, difficulty with it, but there are some that are a little more sensitive and it's mm-hmm. just each patient. So, um, they kind of, you could, there's things that you can do. So if you, if you know, you're going to be starting your menstrual cycle, avoid coming during that time when your breasts are more tender, mm-hmm. um, and talk to your doctor about maybe taking like a, an inset or something a little bit, um, beforehand to help manage that, uh, discomfort. And then really working with your technologist to, um, kind of, fine-tune that compression to a manageable level, but still providing a quality exam for you. Okay, you said something else that I want to talk about as well. You mentioned that we can tell our technologist if we're getting a mammogram, hey, I'm uncomfortable, can can we pause for a minute? Mm-hmm. So patients do have the ability to do that Absolutely. and to share their experience. And, and our technologists, they're all very experienced. We have we have a really fantastic crew up there, and they, they want you to have a fantastic experience. They want Mm -hmm. you to have a good exam because it's very important to them that you want to come back because we want you to come back year after year Mm -hmm. to get your mammogram so we can detect those small changes and they're all very passionate about it Mm -hmm. and um, they love what they do and Mm -hmm. they want you to have 
a good experience and want you to come back. So they're more than happy mm-hmm. to do whatever you need to help get you through that exam. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a misconception that whenever you go into healthcare, you can't ask questions, you can't be your own advocate, mm-hmm. but that's changing, right? Absolutely. So as healthcare moves to like a consumer-based model, it really is up to the patient to advocate for themselves. Absolutely, yeah. And we want you to participate in your exam so you can have the best exam possible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kayla, we can get back to the outline. I just had a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) So even though getting a mammogram can be kind of uncomfortable, no one probably really wants to do it, can Mm -hmm. you kind of explain why it's so important? I know we've touched on it a little bit. Because breast cancer is most easily treatable when it's detected early. So if you're coming in yearly and getting the exam, we can detect these small changes years before you would ever feel it. Mm -hmm. So mammogram can detect abnormalities um, up to two years before you would ever feel something. So when it's very treatable, when it hasn't evaded outside the duct, and um, it's just a lot more manageable treatment for you. So that's, that's how we want to ideally detect these breast cancers so that you can have the least amount of treatment and get back to your life. Mm-hmm. Can you um, remind us again when we should start getting screened? Um, yearly after age 40 is what um, the American College of Radiology recommends. Um, there are a lot of conflicting guidelines. Um, you're going to find that most breast centers are very passionate about the yearly after age 40, mm-hmm. and we, that's what we recommend. But you you speak to your doctor about your personal risk factors mm-hmm. and, and go with what is comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. So before age 40, we've talked about doing those um, breast self exams. Mm-hmm. So at what age should a woman start doing those herself? Um, I mean, I think that you should start becoming familiar with your breasts to just, you know, as, as soon as you start developing them, you know. <laughs> I so moms, important. grandmas, have <laughs> yeah. conversations with your yes, kids or grandkids. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Make it comfortable because it... it we still have a lot of women that are very uncomfortable with doing a Mm -hmm. self-exam. It's very taboo still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, having those conversations and talking with your primary care provider about the importance, you, you should, you should definitely be doing that. So one of the things that kind of comes up whenever we talk about self-breast exams and um, getting a mammogram, if we do notice something, is what if the tests come back and there's a potential problem? What are kind of next steps and what does that look like? So if you come in for a screening mammogram and the radiologist notices something on your exam and wants you to come back, the next step would be what we call a diagnostic mammogram or a breast ultrasound, but Mm -hmm. we're going to go with a diagnostic. So a diagnostic mammogram, um, you would come back in and we would take some additional diagnostic views that are different from the traditional views of a um, screening mammogram. Um, They're very targeted to the issue that you're having. And then um, our radiologist would view those same day, Mm -hmm. um, consult with you, talk with you about your symptoms, see what's going, if there's any other additional testing, like an ultrasound that we would need to do. And then after that, we would, um, our radiologist typically discuss that, you know, Mm -hmm. discuss your results with you and decide whether you need to biopsy or if uh, if a follow-up in six months or, or three months is warranted. Or if you can just return to a routine screening mammogram, that these are these are normal findings. Mm-hmm. So. so whenever we talk about a diagnostic mammogram, is that more or less painful? Does it take about the same amount of time? The the diagnostic mammogram, while the the pictures take about the same amount of time, they're probably still going to take about fifteen minutes for the pictures. It does. It is a little more of a time investment, and a lot of women sometimes aren't prepared for that because mm-hmm. y- your your images are being reviewed that day. There's mm-hmm. a radiologist on site looking at them, talking with our technologist, consulting seeing if we need to do more pictures and then we go ahead and do those additional pictures 
You could have an ultrasound. So we like to tell patients, expect about an hour and a half to two mm -hmm. hours for a diagnostic workup. And it's a, it's because we want you to feel like you have had a, you know, we have discussed your problem with you and that you mm -hmm. are really comfortable with what we have mm -hmm. done and you feel comfortable with the care that you received and you feel confident in what the provider mm -hmm. has discussed with you and you're ready to go on to the next would you say that, that also gives patients a peace of mind? Because a lot of times whenever you do tests like this, I know just for myself personally, I would be waiting with bated breath to hear the results. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, having the having the radiologist on site talking with mm -hmm. the patients and discussing the diagnostic test results really, really helps the patient mm -hmm. um, because you know right then and there what the next step is and uh, you can have confidence that... Um, the provider's done a good job, reviewed everything with you, and you mm -hmm. can participate. He, you know, with the options that they they, they give patients options, you know, about mm -hmm. how they want to proceed with their care, and and it's just really very nice for the patient mm -hmm. to not have to go home mm -hmm. and wait on a letter or <clears throat> or a phone call that they or might a phone miss. Call. Or, yes, yeah. yes. So mm -hmm. that is very nice. So in the event that a patient does get that devastating news that they do have breast cancer, what resources does Phelps Health offer? So we have the Delbert Day Cancer Institute, and not only do they have um, medical oncology services, like a cancer doctor or radiation oncology who do who does radiation, but they have social workers. They've got a fantastic nurse navigator. Her name is Jennifer. She does a fantastic job helping guide patients through the process. I mean, there is... Um, like I mentioned, the genetic counseling, mm -hmm. um, they have fantastic dietitians, award-winning dietitians here at Phelps Health that um, can help support you through your, because cancer can, you know, cause some issues with nutrition and they, mm -hmm. they help support you and consult with you. We have uh, physical rehabilitation and we have even a lymphedema care clinic, which is really fantastic, especially for your breast cancer patients. Yeah. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes women, if when they've had a bunch of lymph nodes removed, which is it's less common now that they do the full axillary node dissections, but um, it can cause some disruption in the lymph flow in the arms and they can really work with you on that. And uh, we have some fantastic surgeons on staff that can uh, perform breast surgeries mm -hmm. and, and consult with you. So it's just, it's very nice. Yeah, we have a full comp comprehensive care team, care team yes, yes, that you would get in St. Louis, Springfield, yes. Kansas City. Mm -hmm. But the best part of this is I think, you know, if you do get a cancer diagnosis or someone that you love gets a cancer diagnosis, you don't have to go up there, get treatment all day, and then drive back and then be mm -hmm. sick Absolutely. or uncomfortable. It's very close to home for, mm -hmm. for patients and more convenient. Yeah, that's a, I would think that's a great way to describe that. So what are some of those other services offered at the Comprehensive Breast Center? I know that you guys do mammograms, but you do so much more than that. Absolutely, we do. Um, so comprehensive being that we can take you from screening mm -hmm. to diagnosis, and then we also can offer some services for um, you know surgery. So we, we do screening mammograms, we do diagnostic workups, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. so breast ultrasound. Um, we have... Um, we offer stereotactic biopsies. We offer ultrasound-guided breast biopsies. We offer um, needle localizations, which would be, um, you know, for surgery to assist the surgeon in um, removing um, benign or benign or cancerous mm -hmm. areas. Uh, galactograms. Okay, so what's a galactogram? Because it sounds like something like in a, a Space Force or like something. Like a galaxy far, yeah. far away. Yeah. So galactograms. So that is a workup for nipple discharge. 
So um, patients really love these. Um, we, um, <laughs> you, it seems like you really love them too. <laughs> they're, they're actually very interesting, and they, they there's some really interesting imaging uh -huh. that is involved with these. So basically, it's for women who are having discharge that we determine to be suspicious. Mm -hmm. um, we we basically thread a tiny little catheter into the patient's nipple duct, mm -hmm. and we um, inject contrast, and we take mammography pictures, and it's um, kind of the contrast fills the duct, and we can see if there's like a papilloma or something blocking the duct or what abnormality could be causing that nipple discharge. So it's a it's a way to evaluate nipple discharge and help you know if you're going to have surgery to remove the, mm -hmm. the issue. It helps guide the surgeon and and uh, yeah, very 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 pretty imaging yeah do you do a lot of those types of imaging here at Phelps Health oh we do we do quite a bit yeah we mm -hmm. do we do a lot and then we also offer bone density testing which kind of go hand in hand with the mm -hmm. women's health center you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially postmenopausal women you know getting the getting yeah the absolutely that's yeah. important for them so yeah. I did have another random question that I thought of while you were kind of <clears throat> describing all of the different services that you offer I've seen a ton of anecdotal evidence about breast implants and how maybe those can cause issues long term. Uh -huh. Do you guys have any feedback, any maybe um, uh, opinions on that? Is there enough research for us to even know? I mean, there 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 is some research out there that women that w we we do see women who have kind of vague mm -hmm. symptoms and they they think they relate them back to their breast implants. Mm -hmm. There are some certain types of cancer like a, a remember the exact type of cancer it's like a it's some sort of uh, lymphoma I believe that's mm -hmm. uh, linked to two breast implants but um, so there is some mm -hmm. some evidence out there that um, they can cause some issues for some women mm -hmm. absolutely so what's the hospital doing to increase access to you know some of these potentially life-saving services that you all offer so the the foundation which is you know the hospital's yeah. uh, philanthropy board they um, are very good about supporting mm -hmm. women's health in this area. So mm -hmm. there are funds available for women who are uninsured in our community mm -hmm. um, to get screening mammograms, diagnostic mammograms. Um, now, is that only during the month of October? Or if somebody comes in today with a need, is there a way for us to support those patients? Yes, there is a way for us to support those patients any time of the year. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, don't don't wait to get yes. your services. <laughs> but in October, we mm -hmm. do promote it. Promote it. We give away there's there's a, a day that we do 50 free mammograms we don't require mm -hmm. income guidelines during that time you just have to be uninsured mm -hmm. um, because there is you know that small gap of people who are uninsured because they don't quite meet the requirements to get Medicaid so we, we have that time of the year for for women like that that need um, need to get a mammogram because it's important mm -hmm. it is important mm -hmm. absolutely so if someone does need to get a mammogram how can they make an appointment with you oh so you can call centralized scheduling um, for a screening mammogram, you do not have to have an order. You just need mm -hmm. to have a provider that we can send the results to. So a primary care provider or mm -hmm. an OBGYN are going to be your most common doctors that um, you would send those results to. Um, and you just call centralized scheduling and tell them, hey, I need to schedule my screening. Um, please make sure that you're not having any mm -hmm. symptoms when you're calling in. If you do have mm -hmm. symptoms, that is something that your provider needs to evaluate and determine whether you need to have a diagnostic workup. But to call centralized scheduling, their number is 573 Four five eight seven seven three seven, and they will be happy to set you up with an appointment. Yeah, you already knew that one. You didn't even need to look the outline. No, <laughs> you can also schedule. We also do have self scheduling on my chart. Oh, um, fantastic! Available. So if you have the my chart app, you can get in and you can mm -hmm. schedule yourself an appointment when it's convenient for you, and 
You don't have to use the telephone. Okay, before we wrap up, I have one more question about my chart. But I know you're going to know the answer to this one. So for patients who get mammograms or whatever type of surgery it is that they would need from you all, do those results show up in my in my chart so they can track them over time? it's actually very quick. You get those results back fairly quickly. So when our radiologist signs off on, normally it's about 24 to 48 hours. Those results are available to you. So it's a very, patients really like that. Yes, because you can think of questions ahead of time to ask your provider. I say that like I've done it. Yeah, and you don't have to you don't have to wait for that letter uh-huh. in the mail now. We do still send the traditional letters in the mm-hmm. mail for patients who just prefer that. Yes. Um, but it does take about five to ten business days mm-hmm. for you to get that. Whereas my chart it's immediate. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. it. It's yeah. Us millennials love friend. it. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> So today we've been speaking with Phelps Health Comprehensive Breast Center Coordinator, Tiffany Henry. Tiffany, thanks so much for being here today. We're glad to have you on outside of October. Yeah, absolutely. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.